Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Adversity is an all-season thing. It doesn't matter just in the late season, though it seems to be enhanced as far as how critical it becomes that teams are able to face adversity because a lot of times championships are on the line and it's a situation when you hit the playoffs, win or go home. So all kinds of adversity that face a team, but certainly those get highlighted in the late season. And that's what this episode is about. It's from season one of the leadership journey with Brian Kite. It's one that I think is full of useful details. So here it is. Adversity on the Leadership Journey with Brian Kite. We're joined by Brian Kite today on another episode of the Leadership Journey. BK, uh, great to have you here again this week. Great to be back again for another week, Keith. Thanks for having me. Well, this week we're, we're talking about adversity. It's something we hinted towards last week. We dealt with a little bit as we were talking about distractions. Um, but we're going to focus a little bit more on dealing with adversity. So, Brian, I, I teed it up for you. Go ahead and kick it off there. So, you know, I guess the starting point for me is, and this isn't something that's been, been, you know, on my social stream for a while, probably because we were we were pretty heavy on it with all of our all of our, our athletic and football clients coming through the preseason and kickoff of the season. But there's only two guarantees that you get in life, opportunity and adversity. Those are the only, the only two guarantees is you get an opportunity and you get adversity. You get multiple opportunities and you get adversity. And the hard part about those two things, there's, there's a handful of things that are difficult about them. And, you know, maybe even just thinking about, you know, Keith, in your life and in your coaching career, how, how these challenges or how these difficulties with those two things, how they've played out in your experience. But here's what I find difficult about opportunity and adversity. Number one, we do not know when they're coming, either one of them. Number two is we don't know what they're going to look like. And number three is we actually have a pretty hard time telling the difference between which is which. That's absolutely and, the truth, Brian. I, I was just thinking about there, there for myself and thinking of those two things. I think I was always hypersensitive to um, everything potentially being adversity. And I think you hit, you hit it right on the head. It's hard to, hard to recognize which is which. Yeah. You know I mean? I mean, and the simple nature of it is, you know, the stuff that looks like an opportunity is really just a, a Trojan horse for adversity coming in. Um, you know, disappointment, something you thought was going to go really well, 
uh, and it looked like opportunity, and then it got snatched away from you just before it really got good, and you know you have that big letdown. Um, that's adversity. And then other times, what looks like adversity, and looks like it's something that's going to be really hard, is actually just an opportunity for you to learn something, or an opportunity for a new guy, or an opportunity for you to show and demonstrate skills you didn't even know you had yet. So I guess when I look first at adversity, is it's such a big, broad topic, and not not even topic. It's such a as a word, adversity. What is it? I mean, look, sometimes adversity is just the boring part of this, whatever this is. Adversity sometimes is having to do something for a long time that's not particularly fun as an activity. It could be repetitive. It could be mundane. It could be the opposite of what you like. There's plenty of people listening right now where for them, adversity is having to be relational and shake hands and emotionally engage because they're more task-oriented you know, less interactive type people. And so adversity for them is really anytime they have to be in the public spotlight or in the media or at a booster event or a board event. That's adversity for them. There's other people who live for those things. They, they live to be in front of an audience and socialize and emote. Adversity for those people is something that takes the emotion away, something that causes them to have to get really deep into the weeds and details and all the procedural stuff that some of the other coaches love. So when I say we, we don't know when it's coming, we don't know what it looks like, and we have a hard time understanding which is which between opportunity and adversity, there's an entire personal style element to that. There's a whole side of this adversity conversation that I, I, is important to kick off with, is that adversity doesn't have one path or one characteristic it has a thousand, ten thousand. It has a million characteristics, and most of them have something specific to do with you. It's adversity for you. So I'm less interested in the surface level adversity. Oh, somebody somebody uh, rolls an ankle and is out for two weeks, and you need a new starting running back to come in. I mean, that 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 stuff has been talked about so much in athletics, and we already know what to do. You, you have you have a person behind that player and you have to line up and play. Or maybe your team doesn't have as much talent as the team you're playing this week. Of course, that's adversity. They're better than you are. Like that, that's, that's the simple thing. What I'm curious about and what I think is the game changer, both for coaches and for athletes, is when you start training yourself, and maybe that's going to be where this conversation goes, is when you start training yourself for your version of adversity. What triggers you to be the worst version of you? What triggers you to be that drop-off in your skill? That's the adversity that we have to watch out for. I mean, I, I can coach players. I'm just thinking of a coach. I can, I can coach players as long as they do what I ask and they put in really hard effort. Well, what happens when you have to coach players who question you? What happens when you have to coach players who don't know how to give good effort yet? Now, your coaching skill isn't just in the X's and O's and the technique, but now your coaching skill is, can you teach a player how to work hard? Can you teach them how to do that? And then for players, you know, what's adversity? You know, sometimes, sometimes adversity is uh, doing something you've never done before. 
Other times adversity is getting that player to play really well and with a lot of confidence when their dad has been really hard on them and they're having trouble at, at home because of their dad being overly critical about the quality of their football play and they're nervous about disappointing him. That's adversity for that kind of player. And, you know, if you've coached, you, you've encountered these kinds of situations and hopefully they're not as much, but that's what makes this game so, you know, I'll use a technical term, awesome, is <laughs> we, you play this game and you, and you come up not against just the hard stuff, and I don't think this is an overstatement, Keith. You play the game of football, and sooner rather than later, you come up against your own demon. That's what you come up against. Mm-hmm. And I think this game brings that out and puts you face-to-face with those things more than any other sport in the world. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, Brian. I think as coaches, um, we're faced with that all the time. We're faced with, you know, and it's different for every single guy in your staff. I think that's a challenge for a for a head coach is knowing what kind of support you have to give to certain guys, um, you know, so, so they feel like they're functioning well within your staff um, to try to be in tune with that as well. Uh, I think that's a challenge. That was, I think a challenge for me as a head coach sometimes was, was knowing what, you know, certain guys needed on the staff. I think it was a challenge for me as a coordinator at the college level, trying to figure out what my head coach needed out of, out of us and, you know, needed, needed us to do as a, especially on, on Sundays, like a day that just was full of felt like it was full of adversity. Um, not just for me, but other guys on the staff as we try to figure out, all right, you know, what, what exactly are the objectives we're trying to meet here today to, uh, to keep the boss happy. Um, I think, right. I think those things, you know, they, they come up for you in different ways throughout the season as well. Um, I know for me, the, the adversity of, of just dealing with, uh, the the day after a loss, it was awful with with it. You know, it was something I had to learn how to temper and to uh, to control. Because you know, you could get faced, you face some of these things. You know, some of this adversity just you know wreak ha- wreaks havoc on your emotions and obviously affects you personally. Um, you know, so it wasn't good for me to be treating that loss like a death in the family. Uh, that wasn't good for anybody, but. Um, you know, something I, as a, especially as a young head coach had to learn to deal with better, uh, because it, it wasn't helping me function and be the most effective I could. And it certainly wasn't helping the people around me either. Yeah. And, and when, when it comes to adversity, I, you know, I'm, I'm listening to you describe that and, and you immediately, you immediately went to not just how you processed it yourself, but also the relationships and the teaming aspect of it, where you're not just thinking about adversity and how you are handling it, which is a big enough challenge for all of us, but now you're thinking about how do I, how do I get my staff where they need to be and all of my coaches where they need to be, how do I get my players where they need to be? So there's a, an individual processing of adversity, and then there is the team and social processing of adversity, which has a lot to do with, in fact, driven by your culture on your team, which we've talked about a number of times. So the, the first thing about processing adversity is, is you need to understand this. Everything is training. Everything. Everything is training for something. And when I talk about we don't know when adversity is coming, while we don't know when it's coming, what do we know? We know that it is coming. Now, in the times of calm, we tend not to think about, in the times of comfort and the times of winning, 
we tend not to think about the times of adversity. We especially tend not to think about the times of really hard versions of adversity. And therefore, we tend not to put ourselves into the mindset that adversity puts us in. So what I would tell you is this. Everything is training. And if you're in a good place, adversity is coming. If you're in an okay place, adversity is coming. If you're in a bad place, more adversity is coming. That's just how it is. So you have to inject opportunities. You have to inject realities. And the higher up you go, the harder you have to work at forcing yourself into real adversity because you need to be training yourself on how to handle it when it shows up. The first part about training is that you have to have a system. And so let's just take the simplest one that we apply, E plus R equals O, event plus response equals outcome. So when you think everything is training and, and you, you're, you're framing things that way, well, now use E plus R equals O. And don't be surprised when adversity hits because while you didn't know that it was coming, as soon as it does come, and you don't, have to predict, you don't have to predict it. You can just anticipate. As soon as it does show up, you ought to have everybody on your staff and everybody on your team saying, of course. Of course this was going to happen. Whatever it happens to be, of course this was going to happen. I mean, I am continually surprised by how many teams and people keep getting surprised that they have to deal with hard stuff. And what's the challenge of that? The more unfair the adversity, the more you want to complain about it the more you want to blame the, you know, using E plus R equals O, the more unfair it is, the more you want to blame the E for why it all happened that way. Well, here's the thing. You don't ever get to blame the E, and it doesn't even matter what level of adversity you encounter. You never, ever get to blame the E, because here's what all of our task is. All of our task is to have the required level of skill in our response to the event that we were dealt. That's the job. That's what football is. What was the event you were dealt? What were the four events in a row you were dealt? What were the 15 or 20 events in a row that you were dealt? I don't care how unfair they were. I don't care whether you like them. I don't care whether they were convenient. I don't care whether they, it, was, it was a privilege. I don't care whether it was entitled. I don't care whether it was, you know, you got the worst things while everybody else got the best things. You got what you got. If the circumstance can change, then the circumstance changes. But until we can control our circumstances, we don't, get to, we don't get to point to the E. What we have to do is say this, is your R good enough to respond to that E and still get the outcome you're looking for? That's why everything is training. So when I'm teaching E plus R equals O to a team or to coaches, or I'm talking about it on this podcast, here's something I understand. The way that I handle E plus R equals O in a good moment is training me for a skill set I'm going to need in a bad moment. All of the daily, boring, apparently not that important disciplines I am building into my habits are training for that week of adversity that I'm going to hit where nothing goes right and everyone is upset with me and nobody wants to follow me, where I'm going to need a certain level of skill that if I haven't trained myself, before the adversity hit, it's too late to train myself when the adversity hits and rise to the occasion. Does, does that make sense? I, I, just sort of, I got one more sort of capstone teaching point on this, and I want to make sure that I get in, but let me pause right there. Does that, 
does that line of thought, uh, um, does that resonate with you, Keith? Yeah, I think it does. I think what could help our listeners here is if, if, if you gave an example of of something you can use that you know is 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 part of your your experience yeah. right now. That's not you're not in that moment of adversity. What yeah. kinds of things can you do? And I've heard you talk about this before. Um, things you do, for example, in in an airport. What do you yeah, do well, I mean, to I, train yourself? <laughs> right. So I mean, let me let me go away from what I do in an airport and let mm-hmm. me go directly to let me go directly to. Um, something that I, I would, you know, that's a direct application for coaches. And so that is when you, well, first of all, when you don't have a system, it's really hard to be training people for adversity just by putting them into hard situations. There's a belief that if you just put people in adversity, they get better at it. And I'm going to tell you right now, they don't. Like just putting people in adversity does not make them better at it. It just ingrains a certain something into them. That something may be very average. So, you know, I, you know, people, you know, the, the military type training is really popular right now right. in a lot of different places where they, you know, make them, you know, do the bear crawls and go through sand and they, you know, coaches think they're Navy SEALs and replicate that with them, thinking that just putting your players through that makes them better. It doesn't. Like that doesn't make them better. What makes them better is if you train them in a system, put them into adversity, they do or don't apply skills that they were trained in, you step back from that exercise, talk about how they executed their skills. And then you put them back into the exercise again and ask them to do it better than they did the last time. That is the process of skill building and training. But just running them, making them crawl through sand, making them, you know, flip tires, that's just work. Everybody does that. That's the minimum requirement. So here's, here's something a coach can do. When you have a system, say E plus R equals O, and, and I, I just say that one because it, it's the one that's the easiest and simplest to grab a hold of right away. How your players handle practice Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday mentally is training them for how they're going to handle a three-minute stretch of the game on Friday. Not theoretically, practically. The level of attention that they give on a Thursday afternoon and then the consequences and the pressure that they feel at that moment is training their minds and their emotions and their muscles on how they're actually going to respond when that sudden change adversity of a turnover hits uh, on Friday night, deep into the fourth quarter, where they throw an interception that goes back for a pick six, and the team has 75 seconds to score a touchdown, otherwise they lose the game to the biggest rival. When that moment shows up, what you did on Tuesday afternoon mattered, and what you did on the five Tuesdays before that, and all the days in between there mattered. So every situation that you are in as a coach is mental and emotional training for some future situation that you don't know when it's going to arrive. So this is something that you have to have a constant pressure on. And this is why culture is so important is you have to be putting that kind of pressure with variable moments, variable moments, meaning who knows when it's actually going to show up onto your athletes. You have to be talking about and holding the standard of discipline constantly on the team so that now all of a sudden it's a way of life. It's, it's uh, not autopilot, but it's automatic. Those are, those are different. And then the second thing I would, I would do if I'm a, if I'm a coach, besides talking about, you know, E plus R equals O and, and getting them to, you know, be ready for events is I'm putting them under as much uh, chaotic, high pressure, real stakes, scenarios as I possibly can. And I'm transferring around that pressure 
from a group of people to an individual, from a group of different group of people to another individual while I'm on the team, so that groups feel a collective pressure to work together under adversity, where when things get hard, they, they can't get it done unless they all work together. And then other times where the majority of that adversity, if not all of it, is really focused down on one person. And, you know, in, in sports, yeah, I think you see videos a lot where, you know, the, and I, I think teams do this, the kicker has to make the field goal at the end of practice, you know, otherwise everybody has to, you know, run a gasser or whatever it is. And, mm-hmm. and there's fun stuff like about that. But as much as you can start replicating that in other areas of your practice, and you can start to figure out who does what under adversity and in what ways do they need to train better to handle what it is that adversity brings to the table. For me, uh, the, the, you know, the feeling of all of the pressure and eyes being on me, um, you know, as a player and then even now as a, as a CEO and a business person, that was never adversity for me. That's not adversity. A lot of other people like it, it that is adversity. Panics locks them up. That was never adversity for me. What, what was adversity for me is when there were no eyes on me. Right? What was adversity for me was when, was when I thought it maybe got a little bit of boring because I was the – I am the guy, you know, as a player I was, I was the guy who – fed off of the energy and loved that energy piece. And I learned how to work when the eyes weren't on me, but it, it was always work. It was always something I had to choose my way into. So, you know, maybe, maybe something a coach could do for me would be, would be lull me into believing that nobody was really watching me at a certain point of practice. And then, you know, next thing you know, the coach is kind of over at the sideline and he's watching me and he sees that I'm slacking and whatever it was that I was doing. And next thing you know, blows the whistle and points the whole team out and say, Hey, Here's BK, and he wasn't doing this. And that, that, that very well could have been on the field and, and on the backside of a play, and you just thought it didn't really matter because nobody was really watching you and wasn't really going to be on film. And then, boom, now, now I what? I feel that adversity of everybody looking at me, and I didn't do my job. And it's training me, right? It's training me on a Tuesday. No, we are watching. No, every single thing matters. Every attention to detail matters. And you stack that up over five, six, seven, eight weeks, this is the point I think it's exciting. Who knows what the payoff is going to be in the first round of the playoffs if that's something that you do for the next seven, eight weeks? Who knows what that 16-year-old mind is going to learn and grow into uh, in their sophomore, junior season when you train that way and practice every single day? But I just know that there, it, that's just not a common level of intensity of training for a practice field. So, you know, I, that's that's what I would be doing is just constant, constant attention every single day talking about and putting people into situations they don't handle very well. And then finding out where their breaking point is, highlighting it, coaching around it, and then teaching a skill set that's non-physical in nature, but that mental and the emotional side, which is obviously the, the business that we're in. Um, but the reason we're in that business is because that's what separates the the average from the elite. Yeah, we talk about doing things repetitiously all the time to create muscle memory and the cum- cumulative effect of, of, of reps of a play over the course of the season. But it's the exact th- same thing you're talking about here with the response and how you develop those things so that when it does hit, when that time comes, you're ready for it. Yeah. You've already, like yeah. you said, you've, you've practiced, you know how to respond to situations. And I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you, a, um, I'll, let's go into some mechanics. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk principles and we can talk about application um, in real scenarios. So think of E plus R equals O and 
I think the primary number one skill of dealing with adversity is a combination of three things. And it's, it's, it's E plus R equals O application, but it is, it is the, I guess what I would call the 201 course, maybe the 301 course um, beyond, you know, everybody knows, Hey, you don't control the E, you don't control the O um, you do control the R for those of you who maybe haven't heard those three things, uh, not controlling the events makes sense, not controlling the outcome. Uh, I think we theoretically get that, but we, we functionally don't quite embrace that. And it's a really easy thing to simple thing to embrace. If you controlled outcomes, what would your record be every year? If you controlled outcomes, how much money would be in your bank account? If you controlled outcomes, what in the world would be different than the way it currently is? The reality is none of us control outcomes. You're only going to get the outcome you want when you're good enough. So here is what adversity is about. It's about detaching from the event. It's about detaching from the outcome. And it's about focusing every ounce of energy and attention and physicality on the response you're engaging in right now. That's how you handle adversity. Here's the value that provides, Keith. And, and I feel like we talk about I don't feel like – I'm pretty sure each week we talk about this. That's much, much bigger than football. Here is why that is so important. Because when adversity hits – think about your life, Keith. When adversity hits, whatever form it takes, especially for the event, what's the mindset or the belief or the script you run about that event when that event is adversity? And that adversity may be somebody did something to you. It might have been something going wrong in your life. It might have been, you know – you, you got a flat tire, you got in a car accident, or, you know, maybe, you know, your kid broke their arm or something like that. But when that adversity hits in, it's, it, in, in the form of an event that comes into your life, what's really the only thing you want that adversity to do? Or if you had your wish, would that adversity have showed up? Well, you certainly, I think a lot of times wish that the adversity didn't show up. But I think as uh, I've had to deal with, with, a lot of adversity, I believe, in, in different situations. You know, for me, I, I think I've developed to the point where I kind of say, so what, to the event or to the adversity. And, you know, I used to say it to, to players all the time, you know, on the sideline, so what, you know, bad, bad play, so what, next play. And I think that's where you got to figure out to get to. What, what am I doing next? What do I want out of this? Where do I go? Um, you need to respond. And, and, and- and I love that. See, I love that you do that, and I love that you say that. But what what stops so many people from doing what it is that you're describing is they don't ever detach from the event. They look at the event and the adversity, and they think, "I I don't want that." I it's not supposed. Here's a, here's the, the different phrases people use. It's not supposed to be that way. Right. Um, that shouldn't have happened. This is unfair. I can't believe that happened. If only that didn't happen, whatever that happens to be, um, they, they want the event to be different than it is. And what happens is they're overly attached to the circumstance. And what they need to do is they need to detach from the circumstance. And what happens is there's a, there's a parallel. When you get overly attached to the circumstance, you also get overly attached to the outcome. When you're overly attached to the, the circumstance or the event and you don't want it to be that way, you don't want it to be that way because you think that that means something really bad on the outcome side as well. So it's impossible to be 
super attached to the event and then unattached to the outcome. And when you're overly attached to the event and overly attached to the outcome, look what you're not really in touch with, the response. And it's the only thing that you control. So I have a my, – my process, and this is the press pause, the first step of E plus R equals O, especially when adversity for me hits to this day. The first thing I do is I press pause, and I actually like physically, mentally, on a visual, I rise above myself. I, I, I get out of my body. And I got to look down on my situation. The first thing that gives me is perspective. The first thing it gives me is perspective. It's a much bigger world than what is in, in my immediate vicinity or, frankly, even in my life. This is a much, much bigger world than the things I'm dealing with. So that gives me a nice, healthy perspective. doesn't mean the things I'm dealing with are less. It's just it's bigger than me. Number two is it detaches me from all of that emotion I have in the moment about how much I don't want to be dealing with whatever that circumstance and adversity is, especially if that adversity is failure or I tried an R and I didn't get the outcome I want because either I wasn't good enough or somebody beat me or whatever it happens to be, or I made a mistake and I, and I, and I rise above and I can see that. And then here's the third thing it does. The third thing it does is it helps me connect with positive realism. What, what, do I, what do I mean by positive realism? It helps me look at the situation and be real about it and also be positive that I can get through it. And people mistake positivity as you know, happiness. Uh, positivity doesn't mean outward expressions of enthusiasm. What positivity means, especially positive realism, which I'm a much bigger fan of than just the word positive, positive realism, is it means that there's an internal belief in the possibility of the outcome you want, given the proper execution on your part from the situation you're actually in. And you tell me there's not a person on the planet that wouldn't benefit from having that kind of positive realism, whether you come from privilege or you come from poverty. The internal belief that there is the possibility of a desirable result and outcome, given the proper execution you engaged in for the situation that you are in. That can actually navigate you through adversity. It can also navigate you towards opportunity. And I, I personally believe that's the ultimate skill set. Brian, as we wrap up here, give us your thoughts on, on dealing with adversity and how coaches can use E plus R equals O during the season. Yeah, man, that's a good question. I, I would say you know, we're in season, so I would say simple and I would say systematic. Focus E plus R equals O on two fronts, the mindset and the skill set. When it comes to adversity and opportunity, you want the skill set to be applied when the moment counts, and that comes down to training, which is daily, if not hourly. But preceding the skill set is the mindset, which is what we were just talking about. The mindset of E plus R equals O. I don't control events. I do control my response. Outcomes are earned based on the quality of my response, E plus R equals O is the way life works. My job is to get good at it. If you can lock in that mindset and build it, you can convert it into the skill set, and that's just through the work. Brian, I appreciate your time here again uh, today on the leadership journey. And uh, next week, we're going to be talking about uh, an important topic, I think, for coaches, especially as the season grinds on, as they say, Dealing with stress, 
um, an important topic that we'll be talking about next week. Yeah, we'll we'll focus on you know we'll, we'll kind of step away from we'll step away from the game a little bit I think and and especially we'll step away from you know how to be a, a great coach or how to pass things on to players uh, and just focus on the stress of being a coach and how do you make sure you're the best version of you and the stress does not break you down as the season and the years add on. Before we go, Brian, let's uh, share your social. Uh, with everybody and how they can connect with you. Yeah, you can find me on all the social networks at T Brian Kite. Last name is K I G H T. What I'll tell the listeners is I'm increasingly moving a lot of my content over to the Instagram platform and channel, doing live videos over there, um, stories, uh, obviously, as well as the posting and growing that community where we can actually interact a little bit more. So you can reach out and connect with me everywhere, but especially encourage you to dive in and, and come find and connect with me and and say hello over on Instagram. BK, I look forward to our next step on the leadership journey next week. Me too, Keith. See you then.